Welcome to the Equinity Podcast, where horse owners just like you share their incredible Equinity stories and how Equinity is changing their horses' lives. Whether you're searching for something to give your performance horse better focus, faster recovery, and more stamina, or in the extreme case where all hope seems lost, give your horse what it needs to help heal at a cellular level, you'll find it here. So jump in on today's episode to hear how Equinity is helping horses worldwide. Now, welcome your host, John Dowdy. Hello, everyone, and I am so excited to have on Caitlin Edelman, uh, this in this podcast, um, this story is absolutely going to blow you away. Uh, Caitlin is a professional barrel racer out of Illinois, and the story that she's going to be sharing is uh, well something I think everyone should hear, which is why we have her on the show. Caitlin, welcome to the Equinity Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to, um, for everybody to hear my story, and I hope that it gets some of those skeptics out there to believe in it, because I know I believe in it, and I'm not one of those people who thinks that supplements are the greatest thing that God invented for us. <laughs> so I'm so excited. <laughs> well, we are uh, excited to have you on and share this story. So let's just d- dig right into this now we had a little uh, pre-conversation before we jumped on here uh, just so it halfway sounded like i knew what i was talking about um but <laughs> as you were telling me within days of you being born you were introduced into the equine industry tell us about that yep my mom is just as horse crazy as i am she got me started with horses and i'm pretty sure I don't remember this, but I'm pretty sure she told me that the day they brought me home from the hospital, I went out and helped her feed. So I have been around horses my entire life. I'm 23 now, so I've got a few years uh, of knowledge that I love to help other people get started and share that with them. Yeah. um, (laughs) That's awesome. So you did some Western Pleasure, some gated horses, but then uh, you fell in love with the, uh, the barrel horse and the adrenaline that comes along with that yeah yep i like to go fast (laughs) (laughs) yes uh ricky bobby i think is a reference right there yeah there you go so at age 15 you start training your own horses by age 18 you are a pro yes yep yep so when i was 15 um you know because i'm my daddy's a farmer my mom's a nurse. You know, they're just uh, good people from Illinois, and uh, we didn't have the money to you know, buy these $50,000 barrel horses like I was already competing against in high school rodeo. So I found this horse uh, from a friend of mine, and he was six years old, and he was really not broke. People had rode him around a round pin a couple times, and my gosh, he had an attitude. And I have his brother and his sister and his mother, and they all have the same one, so I know <laughs> it was just him. And... Uh, we ended up buying him for $1,400, and like I said, I was 15, and I had been barrel racing since I was seven. I had never really trained my own horse, so um, we thought we'd give it a shot with this one. So trained him, broke him and trained him, and he ended up qualifying me um, just a year later for the National High School Finals Rodeo in Wyoming. I was um, fourth in the state of Illinois on him and I had only ran him for half of that season I had had another horse I'd ran um so he brought me up from 11th place to fourth in just half of the rodeo season so he was a really awesome horse he's that once in a lifetime horse that you come across and you know you'll never replace him so 
as you are uh, young in your career, um, so you, you're going to six to eight events a month. Uh, you've you've started a training business, ultimately turned into a full time boarding and training facility, which is what you're doing um, mm-hmm. full time these days. Uh, but going yep. going back to this one uh, D horse, so I know a, a couple of issues that. Uh, well, why don't you tell everyone just the issues that were going on with this horse? Besides the fact he's pulling checks, by the way. Um, yeah, but- he was pulling checks left and right. I'd only taken to a few WPRA rodeos, and I was already two hundred dollars away from filling my permit. So being eighteen years old and you know, I thought I was it, you know, I thought I was doing awesome. <laughs> and uh, especially on a horse that I had trained running against a lot of these, you know, super nice horses and the girls riding them were insane. And I knew very shortly after we bought this horse that he was PSSM and he was tying up. And I had him on six different supplements. And when I say tie up, I mean, I took him to practice one night and had him tied to the rail, and I was riding another horse, and he fell over and looked like he was seizing. He mm. was tying up so bad. And that's when we actually found out he had tie-ups, and he was PSSM. Had him on six different supplements, you know, the best that money can buy, and he was having to have muscle relaxer shots um, to run. Granted, he was still pulling checks. Um, it was expensive to feed him, but he was pulling checks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and on top of this, he also needed hock and stifle injections every six to eight months those started coming in he was 10 years old at this point mm-hmm. and then like i said he was doing really good on the pro circuit and i take him to big barrel races and he'd be in the 1d every time i'd i'd bet on that horse that he was going to be in the 1d no matter where you took him and well what happened i had a farrier he was in a car accident he was the best farrier that i could have ever had he was in a really bad car accident he was out and the biggest rodeo of the year was coming up it's the sykeston jc boot hill rodeo a lot of people hear about it in sykeston missouri it's part of the wrangler million dollar tour there's twelve thousand dollars added in the barrels and you know there's a lot of money on the line i really needed him and i had another farrier cripple him three days before this rodeo Mm. and uh he was out for two years after that Wow. So, so that had to have been, uh, so here you are, you've got your 1D horses pulling checks left and right. You're high on life. You're 18 years old thinking, man, I've made it. And then, Mm -hmm. then your uh, farrier is out of pocket. And then another farrier cripples your only horse that you had. Yep. For for the the biggest event that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, in the, this was a you know, four or five day rodeo. This is a big deal. But in the midst of you know winning and feeling like I was on top of the world, I had forgot about the fact that I should have a backup horse. Right. Well, and, and um, you actually did have a backup horse. Um, yeah. Tell us about the, your backup horse now. So your your great horse is now lame. Yeah. So dead lame. He couldn't even stand up in the stall. He was so bad. Okay, so now you've got the event. So tell us about your unplanned backup horse. <laughs> yep, I I had a backup horse uh, unintentionally, but I had found a colt, and uh, my dad got him for me as a little present because I was doing so good. And uh, he was a four-year-old stud at that. He's bred really nice, um, and he had only had two weeks on the barrels. I had just just done enough with him to where he kind of knew that you should, you know, go to the left, right, and then right. <laughs> and, <laughs> 
um, ended up having to run him at that rodeo or draw out and still have to pay my entry fee. So I thought, well, you know, if I have to pay the entry fee, I might as well run something. Right. And he didn't do bad. He ran a second and a half off the winner of it, which I was impressed with. It was a really hard setup, but still not going to put me in the money. And when you do it for a living, you know, you don't do it for fun. So, uh, yeah, with my 1D horse being out, that put me in a really tough spot. Yes. Now, yeah. now with your 1D horse being out, so he's crippled. So he's he lost a bunch of weight. There's abscesses. Mm-hmm. Tell us, tell us kind of what's going on with your 1D horse now that's out. Yep. At that point, uh, he was, he looked depressed like a human would depressed and looked like he just had no will to live anymore. He just lay in his stall all day, couldn't hardly even turn around in it. And he abscessed so bad that uh, he blew off both of his front heels, just completely were gone. Mm. And that, that is a disgusting sight for anybody who has not seen that. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and he lost about 250 pounds. And anybody who saw this horse, he was just a brick house all the time. He was so heavily built. And and to see him in that state to where he looked like a rescue case was just heartbreaking. Hmm. And, I mean, I just, I knew if I could ever just get him sound again, I'll retire him for as much as he's done for me. And granted, he's 10 years old at this time. Right. So 10 or 11, I think he's 11 actually, but he's where he should be in his prime. He's now in the stall, unable to walk. Oh, okay. So, so now we know that, so the condition on him, stay tuned to that story. And now we're back over on your four-year-old, uh, which has had two weeks mm-hmm. of pattern. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, he was two weeks pattern and I was entered in other rodeos besides that big <laughs> Oh gosh. Okay. So now tell yep. us what's going on with, uh, with your your backup horse now, who's now your main horse. Yep, yep, he has come a long way in four years. So, um, he was running rodeos, and, you know, he'd, he'd do enough not to embarrass me, but he wasn't pulling checks. And he started doing really good. I took him to a big barrel race, and he placed in the 1D. And this is the first 1D run, and, you know, gave me the hope. thought, wow, maybe he can replace him, my good horse. And lo and behold... This horse, I had also broken, trained him, and one day I got on him, was practicing him, and he bucked me off. Mm. <laughs> and I thought, wow, there's something wrong because this horse doesn't buck. So I, I took him to the vet, and he, I noticed a bump on his lower jaw, right where the chin strap goes. And I took him to the vet, and I said, I, I think his jaw is broke. The vet kind of laughed at me. They're like, oh, this is a huge horse. You know, he's 1,200 pounds. His legs are so big, I have to special order his leg wraps. There's no way he's broke a bone. He'd have to be in a trailer accident to do that, mm-hmm. you know. And um, sure enough, he broke his jaw, fractured it all the way through. <laughs> and he was out for about eight months. And I also tried all different therapies on him, Hyde's mask and, you know, Magdalene, magnetic stuff. And nothing ever helped. And he was out. So here I am again because I didn't learn my lesson the first time. <laughs> yes. Well, and, no, I and have I, no good horse. And I would uh, assume that with a, a fractured jaw, pretty much nothing would work, no matter what you had tried. But time and healing, I guess, would to this point. Yes. And that's exactly what the vet said. He said, you know, there's really nothing, especially where the break was. We couldn't even do anything with it. He's just going to have to basically live his life until he fixes it, or it may never fix, you know. 
So luckily, eight months down the road, um, took him back, and he was okay to start riding again. But um, like I said, it was right where the chin strap goes, and I ride him in a hackamore, so I rely heavily on that chin strap, and he just it was hurting him because the brake head created scar tissue and calcium deposits. And uh, it was just painful for him for me to pull back at any pressure. Mm-hmm. Just the slightest pressure really hurt him. This isn't the first time he broke his jaw either after the first No, time. no, that was, that was the first time. And then it was like he came back and he made, I think, I think I ran him for about a month. And he ended up breaking it in a different spot. And an x-ray confirmed breaking it in a different spot. So he was out for yet another, I think this one only took six or seven months. Hmm. Brought him back again. At this point, I have other colts, and I'm trying them, and they're not, you know, making what I need them to be. So I'm out of the rodeo circuit for a while trying to get my stock built back. Yeah, so he broke it again for the second time, and he was out. And then I brought him back, and I made two barrel runs on him, and he ran in the 1D again, which I thought was amazing for being out that long. And lo and behold, he broke it for a third time. Put him out for another six or seven months, and at this point, I'm just so done. I'm like, I'm going to try to bring back my 1D horse. I had tried before, and he wasn't ready. So I said, I'm going to bring him back. I brought him back, ran him at a couple rodeos, and he used to be in the 1D, and now we're clocking 2D, and I feel like he's given me everything he has. Right, so so the, uh, just to clarify, so this is the uh, your main 1D horse that's been – confined depressed and everything for a good two years so so he's at a point now where you've kind of brought him back um into some training so you go take him out to some events so your 1d is now barely 2d yes barely and especially at a rodeo you know if they're barely in the 2d they're not going to place at a rodeo so and still before he was you know this big heavily muscled horse and now it's you know, he barely looks like he's in rodeo condition. He's not, he doesn't have the muscle mass and got a hind rib showing. And I feel like I was feeding him with a shovel mm-hmm. and I just couldn't get the weight back on him after he had lost it from his feet. And when he was running, I could tell that he was still unsure of his feet. Like he would safety up. He wouldn't want to get in the dirt. And before this horse would, you know, run on blacktop if you asked him to. Right. And, um, yeah, at this point, this is when I found equinity. And I had tried everything else, and um, I was actually sponsored by a supplement company, and I don't believe in products. Even if I'm sponsored by them, that doesn't mean I'm, I have to use them. You know, if they're not going to work, I'm, I'm not going to feed it. And I was sponsored by them. It was a big-name brand company, and it just wasn't working. I actually stopped feeding that, and I found Equinity. And four days after I started um, just a single scoop dose on him, I took him to an open rodeo and got in the money. And at this point, I thought I was back on top of the world, just winning a little bit of money at open rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> now, going back to your philosophy on supplements, uh, your you typically will give uh, any supplement uh, a 60-day trial mm-hmm. is your time period, right? Yep. I give it 60 days because I think that's a pretty fair trial for anything to work and me see results on it. If I can't see results, I don't believe it's working, um, especially on a supplement. I, you know, I don't think that it's the end-all, cure-all thing, mm-hmm. but um, if it works, I'll keep feeding it, and if not, 
you know, it's going out the door. No, that's right. And you know, the, the one thing with supplements and, um, the, one of the greatest things that we are so blessed with in the, the amino acid combination in equinity, it actually starts working within 24 hours. Now it's just a matter of what you can start seeing. And of course, there's so many jaw dropping stories and testimonials that, that we have. Uh, and again, is one reason why we're doing the podcast to help get these stories out there. And people think, oh my gosh, well, hey, I've been taking the equinity or using it for 15 days in my horse that has ring bones not back yet and i'm just like okay where's where's reality here um <laughs> you know i mean yeah we've seen some yep. crazy things happen um in within days but you know typically when it comes to supplements it's oftentimes going to take a lot of time because you know in our case it's an all-natural supplement versus you know you give a drug it could be instantaneous but it's just a band-aid typically you know so yep. So with your philosophy of giving a, a supplement a good 60 days to see results, you saw results with equinity in four days. And what, what, did yes. you, what did you notice specifically? Yep. So on this horse, um, I noticed, like I said, he wasn't wanting to turn really good, wasn't wanting to get in the dirt. And when I take him to a rodeo and I turn the barrels and my foot almost drags the ground, you know, I think we're, we're back in business because that's just the type of horse that he was before all of this um, – injuries took place as he was the type that you know would slide all the way around the barrels where you know you think your foot's going to drag the ground and that's how he was again it just made me so happy to see him back how he was and feeling good the main thing having him sound again because you know like i said this horse has done so much for me i just wanted to have one more good year on him and then retire him sound because he deserved it and just to recap so this is the horse that has uh pssm Huge tying up mm -hmm. issues. You had him on six different supplements. Um, also, yep. tell us about uh, what your veterinarian said because you you were having to inject like clockwork every six to eight weeks, which is mm -hmm. running you about eight hundred dollars every time. Yep. So tell us yep. what. Six uh, to eight months. Oh, six to eight months. Yes. So yep. so tell us uh, what your veterinarian said when it was time mm -hmm. to have the injections. Yep. So most of the time, I could feel the horse whenever he would need injections, and I. Wasn't feeling his signs, but I wanted to take him because I knew, you know, six to eight months, he needs injections. You know, I've had this horse for you know, 10 years. And uh, and these are Hawk and Stifle, so, Hawk and Stifle injections. Yep, Hawk and Stifle, both of them, mm -hmm. both left and right. So before, when he was running really good and went in checks, he was grading a three and a four on Hawks and Stifles, like clockwork, six to eight months. And which, on a pain scale, that is um, severe pain, like absolutely yes he needs injections if not he's not gonna be able to walk mm -hmm. so after starting the equinity granted i also have an equivibe but i was not using it daily and equinity was you know i'm very religious about giving supplements daily and i took him back to the vet in which this is a equine specialist not just your run-of-the-mill vet and he was grading a half to a zero on his hocks and stifles and oh, we just could not believe it the vet said, this is miraculous. What are you doing? I have to know what you're doing because I've never seen this before. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, and that's pretty – he's been a vet for over 20 years, so for him to tell me that, I think, you know, man, maybe I should go to school to be a vet. I'm doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's pretty awesome. So the, so the vet was uh, shocked and wondering what in the world yes. you were doing. Yes, 
and uh, for him to tell me, you know, your horse is down, like the, the, those words just mean so much to me. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of the times when I think a horse needs to go to him do I hear the word sound to come out of his mouth. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that. That is uh, so. For anyone out there it, who is tuning in, and you're giving injections, and by the way, we hear this all the time. Um, but from our standpoint, you know, we're not going to go around saying, "Oh, yeah, well, if you give this, you don't have to inject," because we don't know your horse. I mean, you know your horse better than anybody. So, in combination with how your horse is feeling under saddle, and with your medical team and vets who really know your horse. Um, this is a pr- pretty profound confirmation uh, again for for us, uh, just because we hear this all the time. So, so now this is the first time the horse hasn't been injected. Also, the some of the supplements that you were using for uh, the tying up things had been discontinued. Is wasn't that what you told me? Yep, the shots, the muscle relaxer shots he was getting before his run had actually been discontinued, but. With the equinity, he hasn't needed them. He's also off of all of his other supplements, as with my other five barrel and roping horses. The only supplement they get is uh, equinity because I don't think they need anything else, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, and I tell you that, you know, people ask all the time, hey, is equinity safe to give with supplements or program, you know, what I have in my program for my horse? So we always recommend, uh, first of all, yes, it's 100% safe. We we always recommend not to change a thing you're doing, just add the equinity to it, which is pretty much what you are doing. Mm-hmm. And, and over time, uh, you're going to be able to figure out, I know what my horse is like now, if I add the equinity to it, which is the only element now that you're changing, over time, you're going to be able to figure out, hey, my horse is moving better here or doing better there. And so I think everybody who has a horse and is giving uh, some kind of supplements probably in the back of their mind might be thinking to themselves, you know what, I'm not sure if this particular product is working that well, but I feel good about myself because I'm giving my horse something. But some, <laughs> some, so these are some of the things that you could probably weed out. So what we what we hear all the time is people that are using the equinity are typically saving 20 to 40% in medical vet bills and or other supplements. Um, and I think this is a, a definite confirmation to that. Yes, 100%. And, I mean, just having to cut out the injections, because I was essentially getting him injected twice a year, and it was $800 each time I got everything injected. So, you know, when you pencil out the equinity and it only costs you, I think, what is it, between three and $400 a year, um, to feed um, compared to twelve hundred dollars that I was keeping to keep this horse running, you know that's a huge difference. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, and we tried to price it as a dollar a day for your horse. Um, obviously, if yep. you have twelve horses, then people, oh, well, that's twelve dollars a day. Well, no, it's still a dollar a day for one horse. <laughs> so, yes. Okay, yes. so let's get back into so your horse is back. Tell us what happened all of last year with. <laughs> with your horse. So he's on a quinity. He's pulling checks again. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I was taking him to open rodeos and pulling checks and um, I still wasn't pushing him as hard as he was because I was happy where he was. You know, I didn't want to press my luck too much, mm-hmm. but he was making me proud and he was really, you know, people noticed that he was back taking him to barrel races and, and rodeos and all the time going every month. And he was pulling checks again in the one D um, at that and at rodeos. So just to have him back to where he was and feeling good again was just the highlight of my year. And then while he's actually coming back, so did my stud horse that I had, except he's not a stud at this point. I got a baby out of him and gilded him. He came back from that third jaw break. 
and now he's my main barrel horse, and he starts outrunning my good horse. So I put a little bit more time on him. <laughs> and then you end you ended up retiring your one yep. D. Okay, so now you're yep, retired this year. So all I said was I wanted to have one more good year on him and retire him sound because he deserves it so much for everything he's done for me. He made my dreams come true. So that's the least I could do for him is make him comfortable and let him live out his life. Oh, that's great. So he's enjoying green pastures uh, with his mama. That's great. Okay, so, so he's retired, so now you're back on your uh, gelding, uh, the one that had broken yeah. his jaw three times. He also has a calcium deposit that's been forming on this broken area. Tell us about that. Yes, he had a – it's probably about the size of a golf ball. It would be the best way I could describe it. Um uh, right where the chin strap goes on his hackamore, like I'd said, where he broke his jaw. I was having problems with him with a hackamore, trying to adjust it and, you know, try to dodge that calcium deposit on his jaw, which is very hard to do. And uh, just could not run him. He was hurting. And I thought, well, you know what, I'll try putting it on him, too, because the vet had already told me that we can't shave the calcium off. So I put him on a quinity and... Lo and behold, the calcium deposit has probably went down half its size. And I'm actually able to ride him with the hackamore where it needs to be. And that, therefore, I have more control of him because I literally was running a loose cannon. He's just done so awesome on it. I just can't believe it. It feels like every time I look at that calcium deposit, it just keeps going down. And wow. I just can't believe my eyes. I've had people ask about calcium deposits and things like that. But this is really the <laughs> first time that we've heard... And we have to assume that this is what's helping because ultimately what the amino acids are doing, it stimulates the pituitary mm -hmm. gland, which releases the hormones. And then the body, uh, horse's body, decides where to send those hormones for the healing. So this is why it does so many different things around the body. So um, have you ever seen uh, a calcium posit decrease in size when they have one? On my horse, absolutely. I mean, that was the only thing I changed on him. Mm -hmm. And... He wasn't getting any other type of therapy or um, supplements. He wasn't on any supplements at all. So for me to see that his calcium deposit was half in size and I can start running him again, you know, with no issues of it hurting him, which is my main focus. I don't like to run a horse knowing that they're hurting. And if equinity, if all it does is, you know, makes me know that my horses are healthy and happy and feeling their best, then I think that it's done its job, which it has 100%. That's great. So uh, where, is, where is he today as far as how's he running? What's what's he doing these days? So he had a little bit of a winter break. Um, his third jaw break, I brought him back this fall and was running him on equinity, and I believe I ran him about six, seven, eight times in a month, and he was in the 1D and had won the 1D every time. He was either in it or won it. Again, some really tough competitors and some professional girls and professional horses. So he was back better than ever. So in combination with your training, we won't tell them he was on a quinity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay, yes, so... I have training over you. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, now one other thing to touch on. I know we're running uh, really long compared to other podcasts, but there's so much great information here. Um, so one of the things uh, you had mentioned before he was cut, you know, he was a, a very great horse around the mares and everything else. And then you, once he was cut, then he started acting crazy. Uh, tell us about that. Yes, he was an awesome stud. I'd take him to barrel races and people wouldn't even know he was a stud until I would mention something. And 
I had him cut. I had a baby out of him and had him cut because I needed him for a barrel horse more than I did a breeding stallion. I cut him in this horse with a basket case. I could not believe it. I don't know. It was like a switch had flipped on him. I couldn't keep him in a stall. He jumped over my stall gate, tore it down, jumped, you know, tore my fence down, belly crawled underneath an electric fence. <laughs> I've never seen a horse do that before, but they can. And I took him to the vet and we had him acupunctured and he said, this might help, this may not help. So I then put him on a Quincy, that plus his jaw. And he is so focused now. He's actually running in the pasture with four other gildings. He's just doing awesome. I can't fault him on anything. And he can actually be across the fence from mares now and, you know, be in a stall and be focused and comfortable and not so worried about his surroundings. And it's just done so much for him. It's, it's really able to make him win. Like, I know he can. Yeah, just more focused, calmer, uh, less stressed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Now, before we uh, wrap up this call, I know uh, you've got multiple horses uh, that you have on Equinity. Give us uh, a couple examples of just a couple other horses with some a couple other issues going on just as we end off this. Yep. So I have a 10-year-old horse, and he has been diagnosed with navicular recently. It was in um, December, time around the new year, and x-ray confirmed. And he has degeneration in his knees also. And the vet actually couldn't believe that he wasn't dog lame. Like, he was a little lame. I noticed that whenever I'd ride him, he'd trip a lot and he would fall down. And that what led me to take him to the vet, diagnose navicular. And actually, he is running 100% sound right now without corrective shoeing. He is barefoot having no issues of tripping one of my friends actually took him and was running steers off of him um, with no issues and it has actually calmed him down a lot also and helped him focus he was a little bit more of a high-strung horse also and it has really dialed him in and he is running the best barrels he's actually running a second off of my gray horse and he has only been you know running barrels for a couple months so that was pretty impressive plus having the navicular we hear a lot of how this helps with navicular. There's a couple other podcasts that we have uh, around navicular, so that's great. And then uh, tell us real quick about your paint horse. So I have a paint horse, and I use him for lessons. I'm also a, the stock seat equitation head coach for our local university, and I use him for a lesson programs, and I'm going to start roping cattle off of him. And he came in from the pasture. This is a healthy 11-year-old horse. I think that he would be healthy if he lived on rocks. <laughs> and he came in uh, dragging his back leg, and I am not exaggerating. He was literally dragging his toe, could not put any weight, couldn't even pick up his leg. And I looked him over. There was, at this point, there was no swelling. He didn't have a cut on him, no puncture wounds. I checked his hip. His hip was not dislocated. And I thought, well, maybe he sprained his ankle. It's plain and simple. So I put him in the stall again and saw rest. Well, about four or five days went by, and he wasn't getting better, and it was over the weekend, so I couldn't take him to the vet. My vet has a two-month waiting list anyways. I went in one night to check on him after I would exercise some horses, and his leg was so swelled up from his hock to his ankle, I could not feel his tendon. It was just solid swelled up. And I thought, oh, no, I'm for sure going to have to take this horse to an emergency vet call in the morning to have his ankle x-rayed or something. 
So I thought, before I jump off the deep end, I will give him a dose of equinity and see if it helps him. And I kid you not, this was at 8 o'clock at night. I gave him one single dose of equinity, and the next morning at about 9 o'clock in the morning, this horse was walking around sound with no swelling. And I was having to pick my jaw up off the hallway floor. (laughs) It was crazy. I was calling everybody. And I said, are you kidding me? This horse is sound. And I called my mom and I called my best friend, you know, calling everybody. And I said, I cannot believe my eyes. Somebody come check me. This horse is sound. See, now now I'm going to jump in because then people will say, well, where's the video confirmation? Where's the that this is true. Yes. I wish I had. <laughs> but I was so I was so worried. That was the first thing I said when I called everybody. I said I should have taken a picture. I should have videoed him. My I will say my mom is a witness. She saw him limp. Oh, okay, <laughs> so there we go. Me, my, I will give you my mom's phone number. There you <laughs> so, go. Oh man. But he was limping so bad he he couldn't even hardly set his toe on the ground. All he would do was spin circles in the stall all day because he couldn't even walk around. And I have 12 by 15 stalls. He could not even walk around in a stall. Oh. He was so lame. Wow. He couldn't lay down because if he laid down, he couldn't get back up. Yeah, yeah. It was so bad. Bad and news. Wow. I thought about riding his butt yesterday. He was so sound. Well, Kaylin, I can't thank you enough for all your time. I know uh, you're probably multitasking and do all, all kinds of things and and we went way longer than probably twice as long as what we normally do but there's so many so much great information in here that uh, we just think needs to get out there so i really appreciate your time and sharing all of your e- multiple equinity stories here oh no problem and i would be happy to share them with anybody who would give me a call i will testify that this is the greatest supplement product i have ever tried on the market hands down and i will continue to use it for years to come as long as you guys make it it's going to be in my barn absolutely well we can't stop now we started something we can't stop (laughs) (laughs) so awesome well thank you so much oh you're so welcome thank you for having me you bet That's all for this episode of the Equinity Podcast. For more information on purchasing Equinity, be sure to visit our website at teamequinity.com, where you'll also find product information as well as more testimonials on how others have seen amazing results by implementing Equinity into their horse's supplement regime. We'll have more stories on how Equinity is helping horses worldwide right here on a future episode of the Equinity Podcast.